0: Welcome to day 162 of The Story That Changes Everything. Our readings for today are Job chapters 34 through 36. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Having heard no response from either Job or his three friends, Elihu launches into his second speech in chapter 34. His main point is to defend God's justice from Job's earlier critiques. In the end, thanks Elihu, Job has only added to his sin by rebelling against God and God's ways. Elihu is shocked by Job's scorn against God and thinks his angry words must reflect the heart of an evil person. God always has and always will uphold his patterns of justice. God sees the righteous and wickedness of all people and nations and he treats them according to his justice at the appropriate time. No one escapes God's power to judge, even those in positions of great authority. Elihu also is anxious for God to appear because when he does, Elihu thinks God will find Job guilty. Chapter 35 contains the third speech, one that is rather short and to the point. who wants to correct a bit of Job's theology. Job's wrong to believe that his righteous actions should merit favor from God. God's not obligated to do anything. In particular, bless Job. No one can force God to do anything God doesn't want to do. Therefore, Job should consider how his actions bless others. And not try to bind God to a particular way of acting. Job's been complaining that God doesn't answer him. Elihu argues that Job shouldn't be surprised at the silence of God because God only answers the prayers of those who trust him. Job's prayers are so arrogant and self-centered that they don't deserve a response from God, thinks Elihu. Job will have to change his attitude toward God if he expects God to listen to him. Elihu's final speech begins in chapter 36. It begins in this chapter thinking about the way God uses discipline in people's lives. The wicked may suffer an early death, but those who accept divine discipline and change their ways are rewarded with a blessed life. The truly righteous receive suffering from God and use it to make a move toward God. Lehu then seems to express concern about the direction Job is heading. He believes that God is trying to teach Job through his suffering, but Job is rejecting what God is teaching him. The chapter ends with Elihu exhorting Job to consider God's power and wisdom and praise him despite his circumstances. I remember a professor colleague of mine once remark, You know, there's nothing more dangerous than a college sophomore. They know just enough to be dangerous, but not enough to be wise. I've thought about that phrase while reading these speeches from the young Elihu. They aren't totally false, there is enough truth in them to be dangerous. But not enough to be wise. I remember reading a leadership book by Dan Allender several years ago with a wonderful title. The title is Leading with a Limp. Dan's point in the book was that often the best and wisest leaders are those who've experienced enough of life, and especially enough of their own suffering, to now lead with a limp. We should certainly read these chapters and allow them to make us humbler. But rather than reading these speeches of Elihu and making us more suspicious of the arrogance of youth, perhaps we should read them and wonder what God has helped us through that now God can use as a source of grace and help for others. I don't think God allows us to go through suffering or hard things so that we can help others on the other side, but I do think one of the ways God uses suffering is to make us more aware and more helpful to those who are suffering all around us. Well, we have to put up with Elihu for one more chapter, and then the moment Job and we have been waiting for will arrive. God finally will make his appearance. Tomorrow we're reading chapters 37 through 39, and we're adding Psalm 69. I'll talk to you tomorrow.